Hey, hey. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Creative Conversations, where we just sit back, relax, and just talk creative stuff. Tonight, we have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine from back in the day. No words can describe how creative this young lady is. She, from writing to acting uh, to even photography, she definitely shows many talents and wears many hats. Please give a warm welcome to Niata Key. How are you doing tonight? Hello. Thank you for saying young lady. Of course, of course. Young as old <laughs> as you feel, and we're all young out here. Exactly. Yeah, how's your night going? Pretty good. How about yours? As well, as well. Very, very blessed night. Do me a quick favor and give the people like a brief breakdown about yourself. Who are Who is Niata Key? I'm everything. No, I'm kidding. Um, Man, creative, uh, God lover first, always. Um, I would say deep thinker, so Mm. an innovator, if you want to go high level. I think by skill set, you kind of hit it on the head, writer, um, actor, photographer, a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) by request, you know. Uh, But yeah. I think that's me in a nutshell. Good deal. Good deal. We met years ago in high school. Yeah. During a one act competition. And for those who don't know, one act is just basically uh, different plays uh, that students would participate in. And I was actually asked to be in this play as a favor. Uh, (laughs) I'm actually not a big fan of musicals. So to be in a musical was really funny. And Knew nothing about the competition, and I can't remember. Did you go to Tri Cities? I can't remember. We will not say what school I went to. I was okay. just there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was in the number. I was holding the the plank in the back. I was the stagehand. No. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, yeah, I remember that. I don't remember what school it attended, but there were some serious competitors out of there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did our fun. thing. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. So you were there by force, not by choice. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was definitely a choice to help, but uh, I was definitely into it. And um, I just remember you guys coming in and you were the you guys were the underdogs, actually. Definitely. And, and uh, it was really dope to see you guys. And I remember I was blown away by your uh, by your show. And I was like, oh, I don't know if we have this. <laughs> And so, you know, we were sitting there and we saw that y'all won and then we had that big old gathering outside where we were all singing and dancing and just being artsy fartsy. And you know, the funny thing is, is I actually left because I hate that part, the announcing of the winner part. Really? Yeah. So every time like when we would compete, I would literally walk out, let them announce whoever won or whatever, and I would come back and I'm like, did you win? What do we get? And they're like, yeah, you know, we won or either. They're like, oh, we get, we maybe got crowd favorite. But I never can sit in there for the announcement. I don't know. <laughs> you couldn't handle the pressure? I don't know. It's just like the <laughs> the pause. It's like the quiet before the storm. I don't know. I was like, okay, I'm just going to walk out. <laughs> wow. I did not know that because you were definitely participating out there with everybody else in the crowd while all the schools came together. Yeah. Now, at the, the party at the end, of course, call me. I'm there. <laughs> it's, it's just an announcement that, you know, it's like everything I can do. Get ready for the show, the set, act, do the show, mm. leave for the announcement, come back for the party. That's, that's the sequence. 
hey, you know what? You have a formula and it works. <laughs> but it, it was cool, though. We were definitely the underdogs. Uh, I think we had to build a set because it was time. So you had to go through your entire show mm-hmm. and um, also strike set within a certain amount of time. And they also counted against you. But we didn't have a big team. So the actors were the stagehands and were the set builders. And I think we did a, a one act play in the restroom. So we built stalls. And yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Because that was really creative. Because yeah. when we saw y'all, it was like, damn, they really put their all into this. It was <laughs> dope. I enjoyed y'all. I think y'all were my favorites. I can barely remember our play. But <laughs> yeah, we had that uh, hunger. We had the underdog hunger. So we were definitely banking on having a good show. We would always think like, you know, and I think it's just a testament to of Evan, how I move now. You don't really have to have a lot of resources or you may not have as many resources as other people have. But if you have talent and you have some initiative and grit, you, you'll get further than you think. See, I'm inspired right now. We haven't even got to meet up <laughs> show yet. And I'm just moved. You think I'm playing? <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Nah, so let's get into that a little bit. Your acting. So give us uh, kind of like a brief history lesson on what got you into acting hmm, that's a good question no one has ever asked me that hmm. um i think i think i maybe had acting in me a little bit but i'm an introvert so i was not ready to get up on the stage so hmm. i think i probably started acting and just trying it out maybe in the ninth grade when i joined drama club and I actually wanted to be in the background then because I always want to go, you know, straight to the back. But they needed a a role field. And, I, you know, I started it and it was cool. OK. OK. So you pretty much kind of it kind of fell to you. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, OK. Um, I kind of like this. Never thought I would be doing it, but kind of fire. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I'll always say I'm writer first and actor next. Like I, I de- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that. At, well, later on conversation, later yeah. conversation we did have, I can definitely see that because my first impression of you was acting. Yes. And it was fun. Like, I love acting. I love the the focus and the ability to pull people in. And I, and I love the freedom that you have, but then also the control that the audience gives you to take mm. them on a journey. And it's like mm. a trust that you're given from an audience to take you on a well, to take them on an authentic journey and they kind of empathize with you through that process. So, yeah, it's it's an amazing thing to do. I love doing it specifically. I really like theater because when you have that live audience and you hear that immediate feedback, either the gas or the laughing, mm-hmm. that's that's the goal for me. So, yeah. No, no, that's true, because I remember years later, you had a you were in a production for Madam C.J. Walker and you invited me to come. And uh, I came with my friend Jeff when he came to visit Atlanta. And that was really dope. And fun fact, that was my very first time ever getting the backstory. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, Madam C.J. Walker? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was fun. It was a cool musical. Yeah. And it was super intimate because I remember we walked in. I didn't, didn't know what to expect. And I was like, oh, this is just okay. Yeah. I feel like and, I'm, I'm like the preview uh, crowd, you know what I'm saying? I know. I think we did it in the black box at the first one. And here in Georgia, we did it at the black box. Uh, I know it's indicator, but yeah, we opened up with the dance. And, and it's funny because shout out to Sam. Uh, he and I 
like let out the little da- the dance lines that came out first because they start with the whole dancing and trying to kind of get you in the mentality of probably the 1920s the style we were doing mm. but yeah it was fun that was honestly the first time i had been in a full out musical like the oh. whole thing was a musical yeah but, it was it was that was dope though um and you guys took me by surprise. I like I said, this setting and kind of brought me back to when we were in high school and we competed against each other. And we, I was just like, "Hey, Dre is back at it." And you came out just chilling. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, you know, we did that. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. You know, I'm telling you, I can't help it. Hey, no, nah, I don't even blame you. You always <laughs> been super chill, so it's all good. Uh, but let me ask this though: when it comes to acting, I know a great deal of people like kind of draw from different things or different people for inspiration so with that what type of inspirations do you have involved when it comes to involving yourself in acting um you mean as far as like people i look to or yeah Yeah, how do i go through the process yeah like people your process like what inspires you to get into that mode or who inspires you to really continue that i think for me the first thing that comes to mind is felicia rashad Mm. And I particularly admire her ability to bring you into her strong quiet. So like I, when you study her work, she, for me, when she does like dramatic or heavy moments, mm-hmm. she has this way of just bringing you into this very strong, but quiet moment. It's like, you don't want to breathe. And I know she may like <laughs> attack me if I move and she has full control, but it's just so it's not yelling. It's just very strong and it's very, um, I would say captivating. And I always admired that. And usually I try to do that. Like if I'm doing drama, because usually people think like, Oh, well, how flamboyant and loud. And they think yelling, mm. but can you quiet your voice to the point that you just make people feel very uncomfortable. Like that's a completely different level to me. So I definitely admire her work a lot. Um, Who else? I think too, just in general, I just like a really well-performed moment that's Mm -hmm. not done in a typical way. Cause you know, it's easy to me to yell. I mean, and if the role calls for that, then that's fine, but it's easy to kind of do the formula of what should happen in the moment, but when you approach it a different way and still get the same thing achieved, I really admire that, so. Nah, I actually want to touch base on Felicia Rashad because I remember always seeing her being the voice of reason and having a great deal of knowledge when it came to, to like, raising the kids on the Cosby Show, right? Mm -hmm. And I, who was the middle child? Was it Vanessa? Was that her, was that the character's name? I can't remember what's the middle child. Um, and she went out to like some sort of concert and came back and got caught. And that was the very first time I actually saw her like mad, like her like character Claire mad. Mm-hmm. And she was going in on her. Yeah. And was like, oh, you know, it was like she was added to the list of actors I would never want to have a stern conversation with. Right. It is like her pacing is amazing. Because yeah. she can, <laughs> I love it. I she shook. can slow that thing down, but then she'll rattle rattle off i love the one where they were talking about like her relationship with her husband and like serve your husband oh my god mm, yeah yeah yeah. she's definitely de- she's definitely a trendsetter or as a uh, prim hood cinema would say she's an all-star yes so, 
he he's definitely an all-star i believe um the one that gets me the actor that gets me for real is like james earl jones mm-hmm. yeah who i would n- never ever want to get in trouble and he has to talk to me ever yes. I would love to have like a conversation about his life, a conversation about his passions, but never if I'm messing up in life. <laughs> I have to do two an honorable mention. Viola Davis for me is another one. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen anything that lady can't do. You know what though? Yeah, she's definitely put a mark on the game, uh, to the point where she's damn near revered. And it's like like, <laughs> like uh, you'll see her and be like, she just has a presence, no matter what she's in. Yeah. And yeah. I, and she has I think, too, she's unexpected because the moment you try to put her in a box, she's like, oh, yeah, let's break this up. <laughs> no, so, yeah. you're right. You're definitely right. Because what was it? Because um, she was in Suicide Squad. And uh, I just remember seeing that and seeing her play that character. I forget the character's name in the comic, but she's vicious. Like, absolutely vicious. And seeing her portray that character, I was like, uh, Miss Ma'am? Yeah, I, I don't want to be on the bad side of crime, and I have to work for you. Yeah, He's like, and oh, that's the thing yeah. too. I love that. I just love when an actor can get into a story, mm-hmm. and even though you know them, it's not them playing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know you have character actors. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I really like to see a well-known actors really get into new roles mm-hmm. and you know who they are but then you just see them i'm sorry now this is just making me think of other ones shout out to lakeith stanfield i think he yeah is a monster yeah yeah he is a problem yeah and i think he is a definite strong representation for probably our generation but his ability and what he's able to do with characters is crazy no, you're right. You're definitely right. Because like we see him in Atlanta, we thought he was a dope character, very exactly. chill, very back. But then you start seeing him in these other roles and it's like, hold on, this dude has like real range. Really range. Yeah, especially don't flash a camera in his face and let him tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like when I saw that and I was like, okay, we he's in the movie. Okay, cool. And then that tear came out like glory. And he was like, get out. They're doing it. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm feeling it. I can't wait yeah. to see the other stuff. And I did. I mean, from Netflix uh, movies to I never seen the photograph, but, you know, I heard mixed reviews about that movie. But I didn't I didn't really hear that he had a bad performance in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I definitely look out for his uh, for his work as well. It's just acting. I definitely have a strong, a strong appreciation for it because it does take a lot to bring yourself into that character and make that character alive to the point where I, I definitely like it when actors will tell you who the character is and their interpretation mm-hmm. as if they're a person that they know because they had to resonate and really become that character for that story in order to tell that story well mm-hmm. and that is not easy i remember doing the one act play and i had i had to do this like this frustrating part because you know i was the bully and i had to be emotional and it got too real for me and thinking about some stuff that was really bothering me at the time, I had to walk off stage and walk around the school for a second. And I'm like, dang, if I felt like that, getting into this character to find that moment, I can only imagine what actors got to go through in order to prepare for a role. Yeah, it's a lot of energy. And it's a, I think, especially if you're doing realism, Mm-hmm. You are allowing yourself, and I think that's the power of having a safe space with ensemble working with other people, but you're allowing yourself to feel real emotions under false pretenses. So you still have kind of those real moments 
and you do have, you know, technique and all those things um, to be able to deal with it. But it is a lot of energy. It's a lot of yeah. energy, especially if you have to do it several times a day. Shout out to the theater kids. <laughs> and that was my first and only time on stage. I, I had a good time, but yeah, that's definitely not my calling. I'll stay behind the camera. Yeah, for sure. But getting into the meat and potatoes of a character uh we definitely have to get into um writing for those uh characters and for the story and this is your bread and butter for sure yes. um when preparing these stories what type of processes do you go through in order to um i guess come up with the idea and to execute it oh yeah my favorite topic no uh with writing i really focus on well, it depends. So for me, sometimes I see a scene and I see a moment and I capture it and then I build around it. Mm. Um, that happens to me quite a bit. So I would say for uh, one show, I probably saw like the monologue, like the argument between the guy and who he wanted to be his fiance. And I just kind of saw it play out in my head. And usually when that happens, I just type out the dialogue really quick. Mm -hmm. And then I build around, okay, so what is their story? Where do they come from? Why are they here? Where are they going? Kind of uh, laying that out. And then I think from another perspective, I just get scenario ideas. Like, oh, what would happen if this, this, and this happened? Huh, what would that story look like? And then I kind of put pen to paper. I kind of like that. Do you, when it comes to those moments where you just kind of get that spark of inspiration as far as just uh, writing your dialogue out or even just thinking about a scenario and wrapping your brain around how that scenario would go based on the story that you want to tell, do you find yourself having those moments where you just kind of get that creative block? Yeah, I would say definitely. And then too, it also depends on what I see and what I'm probably reading or researching. Like, inspiration can really come from everywhere mm -hmm. but when I do get it I I do like I have to sit down and work on it and what I try to do is I have like a little notebook that I keep with me and I just write down all the ideas that come to my mind especially when it's like fresh on my mind if I can't get to a computer to start typing it out so when I revisit it I know okay well this is what you were thinking and this is where it's coming from because I think as a writer you can see anything and it's like you can be any moment and think like oh man that'd be cool or mm -hmm. like I've had moments where I've been in conversation and someone said something and I'm like oh that would be like hilarious line okay well then what does that character look like so ah so next time we have conversation <laughs> real hard. I'll give you no credit no credit. yeah exactly <laughs> I'm like dang she laughing real hard at that line like something <laughs> I said I even know and then I see it in a, a play or a movie or something and I'm like oh wrote, produced, and possibly directed by Niada Kiki. <laughs> no, I remember I'm, when I said that during lunch one day. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I used to work in the AUC, and I promise I would never give them credit, but I have heard the most fun stories from my students ever. And I'm like, you guys are giving me all the right material I ever need because they are hilarious. The, the college life is just an, a full out experience. So shout out to my students that will never get credit. This is your credit. <laughs> there, it is. there it is. See, I got the credit for y'all. You know what I'm saying? All you you got to do it is, out of me. Exactly. So when you see this episode come up, it's like, oh yeah, you know what? 
appreciate you, Brock. I really appreciate that. Right. All right. So with that being said, getting those inspirations, you know, going through some of those like creative blocks in order to, you know, produce something well, do you normally work on it on your own? Because I know you said you mentioned that, you know, you're a bit introverted or do you have normally have like a team or people that you can go to to bounce ideas off of? Um, Usually when it comes to writing, I write alone and I have readers. So I always write something and then I'll probably have a draft and I like to have other people read it to initially see does that translate like Mm -hmm. is what I intended to do translating to you or do you see any holes um in the plot and then from there I like to have it read out loud but as far as writing I usually write by myself I'm not close to writing with other people it's just I usually get an idea and go for it I feel that. And what does that environment look like for you? Because I know um, when I edit, usually it's something can be on in the background and or I got my headphones in, I'm listening to music and I'm really just finding a rhythm. So that way, hopefully nothing breaks the concentration. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to that, uh, what type of environment do you really set for yourself when it's time to write out your, your stories? For your to be honest, usually it's jazz. Some form of jazz. Uh, I have a playlist and it's half full of this group called Yellow Jackets. Um, it's a track called Peace. And I usually listen to a lot of jazz when I'm writing. And then aside from that, I try to listen to the style of music that would be or could be the hmm. background noise or the background music for that scene. That's actually kind of dope. Yeah. Me. I mean... That now I'm thinking about is like that would make sense to really put yourself in that moment with those characters or that scene. So that's that's pretty ingenious, man. So I because like when you say that you say jazz and everything's like that, I'm thinking of like Love Jones, like Mm -hmm. that just (laughs) mind. Um, And I know that movie was definitely very chill, even though it had a lot of drama. But like the music was definitely very uh, heartfelt and very smooth. They had like a lot of jazz and different things of that nature to really set the moods for those characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they conveyed their relationship and how wild it was, but at the same time, they did have those loving moments as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I can definitely see playing some jazz and then I can picture something like a rainy situation and it's like a strong dialogue between two kids. See, I'm about to be a writer. Stop playing no, with you me. You just built the whole scene out. Stop like, playing with me. I'm the about rain, to... the window, the overcast, the Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, wait the last Twinkie. Girl, I needed it. I needed that Twinkie. You know what I'm saying? I had a shirt. <laughs> I needed it. I needed that fix. Uh, <laughs> but no, but that's dope though because um, I definitely respect good writing. There was... um there was a scene or really an episode of, I don't know if you watched Daredevil on Netflix when it was out. Oh no. I have, so, I have to look it up. Yeah. So Daredevil is a Marvel character, Marvel superhero. He's blind, but he has like these super heightened senses. Right. Mm-hmm. And he can fight all this stuff. But um, there was another character they introduced in the second season. He ended up getting his own season. Um, uh, the Punisher. And the Punisher, when it comes to crime, he's more like an anti-hero where if you do something bad, he'll kill you. And his motivations come from his family getting being killed. And he was supposed to be killed as well, but he survived. Ah, cool. So they clash and they fight each other on like this rooftop or whatever. And they're, you know, beating each other, blah, blah, blah. And then they stop. And the whole episode is about dialogue. And they're, they're 
uh, debating the differences on how they handle crime and justice, where Daredevil is like, you got to give people chances to redeem themselves while the Punisher is saying, no, they don't get chances. If they do it, they got to go. And that dialogue was so strong and it was so heartfelt because they both made really, really good points, but they could never find common ground because there was such a rift between their practices on how they serve justice. Nice. When I I tell you, yeah, second season, it was so dope that that resonated with me. Uh, So when it comes to good writing in a show or a movie or whatever, and you got me in and I'm like, oh my God, that line, oh my God. Let me tell you, I am that person. I I stopped tweeting about it because I'm like, oh my God, these people are going to hate me. But I am a (laughs) lyrics person and I am definitely a dialogue person. Oh yeah. And literally my friends would have to, I think I kind of trained them. So they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, she's just going to have commentary. I'm like, oh my God, did you see that lighting? But when a Mm -hmm. line comes through and like a good, well-written line, Mm -hmm. mm, I'm like, yes, I will post about that line. So, what, what, what was it? It was, um, I think, The Harder They Fall. Is that the movie, The Western? Yes. Mm-hmm. When Idris oh, yeah. said, we have an enemy in the making. Ah, man, what? That movie is classic. That yeah. They made a literal classic, and I appreciate that. We have few of them, but. Very much so. I highly enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just remember, like, telling my brother that, or, uh, or one of my favorite, favorite dialogue moments was in The Breaking Bad. And um, Walter White, I forget the real actor's name, but he was, um, he, you know, he made meth and whatever on the show. Mm-hmm. And I remember he and his wife, uh, the character's name was Skylar. She was, she was like, annoying throughout all these seasons. <laughs> because, I mean, she wasn't riding with him. When he was doing it, and she found out. She cheated on him, all this stuff, and she was always scared for him because he was just, he was just like the nerdy uh, teacher who got cancer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he was definitely, I, I would say, he came off as very feeble, if you will, and he always wanted to be the big guy on campus. And then he got a chance to do that by making this meth and really going in. Right. But she was like, I'm scared for you. What if somebody knocks and they shoot you? And he was like, who do you think you're talking to? And a part of that, the part of that uh, dialogue was he said, you think the one answering the door uh, getting hurt is me? He said, no, I'm the one who knocks. Mm. I still, I'm even now, I still get chills when I think about that line. I love a good line, man. Man, I'm telling you, Breaking Bad was a yes. <laughs> well, let yes. me not get carried away because that's not. <laughs> oh, we're not talking about Breaking Bad. We're talking about Neotic Heat. <laughs> so, no, I I agree. We can completely nerd out on this. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like we're definitely gonna have a conversation after this. But I remember this right. line. But um, I will say this. Uh, going back to powerful lines, I know it takes a lot to create a story, create lines, really feel those characters because you are birthing these characters uh mm-hmm. do, does it come a time where you kind of get like emotionally invested in these characters knowing that they're fiction and do they actually move you as you're putting it down on paper always mm-hmm. that's a rule for me if i don't laugh it's not funny and if i'm not near to tears nobody's going to cry mm-hmm. so if i don't feel my work it's it's trash to me because i feel like as a writer i definitely believe when you're creating something it's heart to heart that's mm. I feel like great content is heart to heart. Mm. So no matter what you're doing, if 
what you're feeling and kind of where you are is not being is not there presently and not being put into it usually it doesn't translate for me in my experience so like for example when i wrote um one play it was like i was laughing at the line and mm-hmm. then when it went in front of the audience they were laughing and i'm like yeah we let's laugh together so yeah if it if it doesn't touch me and if it doesn't make me laugh then i don't want to put it out Mm, I like that. I like that. Uh, it shows love and real, real heart in your work. Um, there, sometimes we lose focus on what makes, you know, makes us do what we do, what allows us to do what we do. And I would just say, like as a photographer, I love telling stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you see my when you see my work, I want people to ask who's this person's name, or if I edit it a certain kind of way to give somebody a dope feeling of vintage of love or you know, mystery or anything of that nature. But I love doing it in the in in a simple way because I've always believed simplicity simplicity speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm big on the little things. And when it comes to just being able to say, if it doesn't make me laugh, then it's not going to be funny. If it doesn't make me cry, then it's not going to hit anybody else in the feels at all. Yeah. I really appreciate that process and you taking that time to one, make sure it's good for you versus just producing something and hoping it will be good for others. Yeah, that's, I guess that's my strength and my weakness though, because I'm nah. like, oh, you don't know how many things I throw away. And I'm like, oh, it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not funny. It was funny yesterday. It sucks. You know? No, I mean, I mean as, as, as a good artist, though, like, you got to be critical sometimes. I believe so, anyway. I'm super uh, critical. Yeah, and sometimes it can be a detriment, so I would get other eyes on it. Yeah. My brother, for sure. I will have him look at a photo, and maybe I'll remove the necklace, or i remove something, and I'm like, hey, man, can you see the difference? Yes, no, yes, no, and then I'll pop it in. He'll be like, oh, and if I get that reaction, yeah, I, you know, but if he looks and be like, why does her neck look weird? Then I didn't do a good job. <laughs> You know? her neck. It's like, what's like, weird? What's going on? What's on her skin? And I'm like, dang, I got to do that over. Or, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, if I'm looking to convey some sort of story or just having just a really, really good product, that can be very critical because it's very, I, I don't like my work sometimes until I look at it way later. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. learned that too. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, just it's very rare. I'll look at a photo and I work on it, like, this is dope. This is hot. This is awesome. But sometimes I'll do it thinking that it's okay. I'll produce it. Um, I'll even go on my website because that work on there has uh, been on there for a while. And I'll go back and be like, wow, this is actually really dope. This looked really, really good. This was mm-hmm. produced very well. And you'll just surprise yourself at the work that you do because yeah. you're always looking to be better. And sometimes it keeps you grounded as well. And I think where you want to go, and I, I think that may be the problem for me because it's like where – where I want to go, if it's not there, mm. it's, it may not be that it sucks. It may be really good, but because it's not what I see, and ultimately because I'm super critical and I have, I would like to say, like high standards about certain things, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh. But then I had, I've had the same thing happen where I'll walk away, come back across something. I'm like, ah, oh, that's actually... <laughs> That's nice. Why did why did you throw that? So I literally have my sister. She's probably the first person that I recruited to be a reader in my life. Mm. She used to take my stuff. Like I used to write um, poems and I would literally be on the verge of throwing them away. And she started to just take stuff and and hide it. And she's oh, wow. Like, no. 
she's like, no, stop throwing stuff away. Because I'm telling you, I have always been hypercritical. And then I would revisit it. And then she's like, here, read it now. And I'm like, oh, okay. It was, it was cool. We'll just edit it a little bit. Thank you. So it's definitely one of those resting on my, in my soul. <laughs> no, but that's sometimes that's what it takes because we'll look at something and we all, you have to remember that our perspective is only one perspective. Yeah. And, and I think too, it's yeah. like, I don't want to waste people's time. Right. So sure. especially if you come in to see a show or if you're giving me your time, um, to I'm trying to get in the film now, but mainly my background is in theater. If you're giving me that time coming, I want to give you a good show. Sure. I want you to have all the feels, have the laughter, um, have those tearjerker moments and leave like, man, this was worth my money. Like this was a good show. So yeah. No, no, I've definitely seen your work. Uh as far as acting goes, I'm looking forward to I want to be a reader. Recruit yeah. me. Welcome to the team. Yes. <laughs> You've officially you. been recruited. Hey, hey, I got but, you. Look, I have one, literally, I have one uh, qualification. You must be candid and say exactly how you feel. I hate when people say, oh, yeah, it was cool. Like, I need literal examples and candid feedback. So you've known me for how long? I know. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm putting it out there for the other people who may want to be on the reading circle. So they're I like, yeah, I want to read, too. This is my expectation. I I got you. Uh, I'll definitely fulfill that expectation. (laughs) So when it comes to writing, I always ask for inspirations. But um, do you have like one uh, particular writer that you look up to and that keeps you going? Of course. Uh, My auntie in my head, Pearl Mm -hmm. Clegg, uh, she wrote Flying West, a lot of popular uh, stage plays. Um, She is an author and a playwright she's still writing she did a residency i think she's still she may still be doing that at alliance theater she's from atlanta she's living in atlanta and she's living kind of my dream life she's just writing and living and and she has a collection at uh, emory and she has always been a person that i've kind of looked to because i've always enjoyed her writing style and her way of unapologetically just like throwing stuff out there and speaking truths. And also I appreciate the way she highlights a strong female leads because uh, just in general for the time that she started writing and even now recently female, strong female characters were not always prominent in theater or TV or society. Mm. But she's definitely one of those voices that started to give voice to strong females. And I appreciate that. So I think I probably would have her at the top of my list. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's time to set up a meeting then if you haven't met her already, right? Man, let me tell you what happened to my life. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. No, this is hilarious. So I actually wanted to see her show. Um at the Alliance because she was in residency. I think this was 2019. It was my birthday weekend and I always go to a play for my birthday. Mm. So you, you can imagine how I was feeling during this pandemic, like itching, like, oh my God, I can't go to theater. Mm. Um, but I missed her show at the Alliance Theater, but I ended up going to, um, to GSU. So I graduated from GSU from the theater program and Unbeknownst to me, when I walk in, they're doing Flying West. 
And I love it because it has one of my favorite lines about she does this uh, scene about pie, et cetera. Um, and it's like a little joke. So I go in and I'm like, oh man, well, they're doing Flying West. At least that is a pro click play. Um, I go in, sit down because they had already started. So I kind of snuck in probably near animation or whatever. Mm. I look to my left and I am sitting next to Pearl Clay. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And I tell you, I am not a fangirl except for Pearl Clay. Like I literally was like, breathe, just breathe. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I am literally sitting next to her watching a play, watching this joke that she wrote in 1993. And they have performed her play every year since she wrote it. So every year since she wrote, she's written that play, they performed it somewhere. And I'm sitting there and she's still laughing at the joke. I was like, birthday made. So yeah, it was real cool to meet her. Had a chance to meet her anyway and sit next to her and laugh at her jokes. Yeah, that's the way to go. Not just meet her, but you got to sit down and see her work and see her reaction in real time. And like hear her talk about it. So it was cool. I would love to interview her though. And then like pick her brain and ask questions and hopefully she will be take me on as a mentor. Yay, bro. <laughs> hey, hey. I mean do it. That's all yeah. I can say. Now nothing wrong with sending an email, seeing who their connections are, and then uh, from there, you know, we just have six degrees of separation, especially since she's local. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. Miss E. Speaking of key though. Mm-hmm. That segue was fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keys Corner. Yeah. Came across that and I started doing a little bit of digging. And I was like, first of all, she had a corner. Secondly, <laughs> um, I was like, this is actually kind of dope, you know, with the play on the name. And before we even get into Keys Corner, uh, give me like a brief description on where Niata Key started, came from, origins, you know? Uh, my middle name and then added Key. Uh, For me, everything that I do, specifically when it comes to keys, the play is on kind of unlocking and locking. Okay. So uh, I would say one thing that really falls into everything I do, aside from God, is teaching and creating opportunities for people to learn. Mm -hmm. So you're going to learn something because I like to learn and I'm like, this researcher, like innately, I always like to learn. It's something I inherited from my parents. So I want to know information because that gives you power. That helps you make um, balance and wise decisions. Mm-hmm. So key is really about kind of giving people keys to life, to uh, unlocking their minds, to think of things differently, et cetera. So it's a play on that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um Nice play on words, for sure, as far as that. And then the key specifically having meaning. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and then you keep it in the family with the middle name. So that ain't bad at all. <laughs> yeah. bad at all. So, but um, with that, while doing some uh, some research, I saw that there were two shows on your website, Jaded and Love's Gift. Yeah, those are my first two babies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So give me like a brief breakdown on both of those. Um. Well, Love's Gift was the first uh, show I've written. So... Like I said, I usually like to approach things in different ways. So Love's Gift was me trying to not do a conventional, stiff Christmas play. (laughs) (laughs) I see that, yeah. I wanted to be like the, oh, and like, no, not to anyone else. 
But I was just like, man, how can we reimagine what technically uh, Christ and Jesus and kind of how that whole story, the elements of it Mm -hmm. and put it in a different structure. So it takes place in a um, like a police facility that's like in an old small town and they never get any great cases. It's like they get no action. Nothing happens. People leave their doors unlocked and it's just like nothing happens over here. Um, But they need a case because ultimately, um, you know, they're not going to get numbers up. They're likely going to try to rearrange their office um, if they don't get anything. And lo and behold, they get a case that will change their life. So they kind of get this young uh, teenage boy. um, He ends up getting arrested for theft and he gets there and they drop him off. And because it's the holiday holding and all of that stuff is delayed, etc. But in kind of that interaction between uh, their sergeant, between the investigator and the the gentleman who was arrested, they actually begin to learn and he's actually helping them and reveals a lot more about them than they uh than they realize or that they may want to face at the moment. So I'll leave it right there. But that's Ooh. love's gift though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's funny because I I started writing that because I was working, I think when I was in college, I was a work study student in our uh, police department. (laughs) Okay. So I had full time for research. I was like, oh, okay. It's like a little, I didn't last very long at all, but it was just enough time for me to research to (laughs) write that story. So yeah, Yeah. it was pretty cool. And I think um, Jaded is kind of my lesson. So it is honestly targeted towards um women and i think it's kind of the first of a two part i haven't released the second part yet i definitely plan to do so but it is kind of towards um uh, women and it's exploring uh more so domestic violence so it has the play but then i also created it to be coupled with actual training and class and talkback opportunity and it's also coming from a different perspective. So I didn't want to just kind of highlight situations women were in when they were being physically abused. I wanted to explore what those preliminary steps look like. So how did she get here? Because a lot of times the public and the family gets caught in and brought in when you have the black eye or Mm -hmm. when the fight has occurred. But I wanted to explore like what does this person's life or what could this person's life look like um, leading up to these moments and kind of what are the signs either within herself or within different situations that she needs to look out um, in order to prevent that. And I had plenty of help, uh, much love to the local domestic violence organizations that were in Atlanta, also the city of Decatur. They were super helpful to give me material uh, stories um, and also some people were willing to kind of talk and let me interview them and do some primary research um, on different cases and different situations but like I said I always wanted to be different so it's actually not super dark as people would expect <laughs> but it kind of hits you so it definitely hits you in different places but it, it starts with a lot of humor and it's a lot more laughs than there are with uh then there are tears but they kind of curveball hit you and it's like oh you're like oh but wait a minute i just learned something so 
that's jaded. Interesting. I like yeah. And I like the fact that you did the research as well, because that's very important. Instead yeah. of your own perspective, but getting real live um, examples and stories in order to build your story around that. I think that's, um, first of all, it's very responsible. Uh, secondly, it's definitely very, it shows that you do care about your projects as well. Yeah, definitely. I think when you, when you don't do research, you kind of limit how deep in the dimensions of what you can do in a story because you're only going off your limited knowledge. So I like to, I would say, it, write about what I know. And if I don't know it, give the respect to the story to explore that world, um, ask questions, do research, because that gives you a lot of, I call it ink to mm. write with. So it's only so much you can write from kind of being secondhand. So that's why I say the researcher side of me is always there because whenever I look to write a story, I'm also going to then explore, okay, well, where did this person come from? Okay, well, what does the day look like in this person's life? Okay, well, then find examples. It's a lot of research that goes into um, putting out that, that play. So I like to respect that. And that's probably why I don't like drop plays and work and stuff that frequently because I really do like to dig into the environment so I can build something that's realistic. Not for sure. And it also builds anticipation for your audience who had definitely uh, you cater to and the people who care about your work. So you're not just giving us watered down stories because you just feel like, okay, I'm trying to get a check, but no, you're definitely going to get an experience right, uh, when we uh, check out what you have to tell us when we want to be engulfed in your stories. You definitely put in that time for us to do that. So. Yeah, but I've been getting cursed out though. So they... They're like, oh, it's past time. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to tell people I was about to, I was literally about to do a show and then it was a pandemic. And I was yeah. like, oh man. So yeah. that Coco one nine hitting that was you know, you know, but you know, hopefully that stuff is calming down and I can do another show. Um, if not, I am trying to translate from a film perspective and kind of get into that a lot. Um, especially now that Atlanta's community is growing more. But mm -hmm. You know, I'm a theater bug. <laughs> nah, for sure. Yeah, you are. You know, you know where your home is. You know where yeah. I came from. But now nah, that is dope that you're actually exploring film. Because that was going to be my next question. It's like, what is next for Nihada Key? And uh, what can what what can we uh, expect from you? And you're saying film. So hopefully. Yeah. So writing it because I think film is. It's collaborative, but it is. I won't say it's equally as collaborative as theater, but mm. it's a lot that goes into film. So I would definitely need a team. I think I probably, if I'm being transparent here, need to suppress my introvert a little bit more so mm. I can kind of get into the community of film and find the people that I need to collaborate with to be able to do some projects. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but hopefully I've been working on scripts. So kind of writing stories i have some shorts um also um some full-length scripts of some screenplay so we'll see if we can get some of those things produced <laughs> oh no you definitely will i definitely see big things for you due to the fact that you love it so much yeah uh, and it's definitely appreciated on this side truly uh it, you're definitely a 
a great inspiration to me when it comes to photography, when it comes to just talking art. It's always good to just sit down and have a good conversation with you about that. And it just keeps the juices flowing. And it lets me know that, you know, there are people in this creative community that uh, no, and even if it's not your intention to inspire, you do. Oh, cool. You know what I mean? So I definitely appreciate the love that you put into your projects and into your passion. Uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing your name on some sort of show, some sort of movie, or even just another play. And I look forward to reading, you know, because I'm a reader now, y'all. y'all yeah. <laughs> uh, some of those projects and give you that good, good, honest feedback. So, I'm looking forward to it. Nah, for sure. Uh, Niyadaki, thank you so much for just joining this conversation with me and just sitting down for a minute and just letting us know who you are and uh, just giving people more of you. I thank you. Thank uh, you so much for having me. Oh, no, nah, it was my pleasure. It was certainly my pleasure. Uh, do me a favor and just let the people know where they can find you. Um, I'm on Instagram mostly at Niyadaki. And also on my website, um, it has all my info. Um, and also on the podcast that I'm doing um, as well. And that is neotiki.com. So try to make it simple, straightforward. Catch me on IG or on my website. Hey, we definitely will. To all listening, thank you so much again for tuning in. You are greatly loved and appreciated. Always stay uh, blessed and definitely stay creative. Peace.